I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Okay, you can owe me. I owe you nothing. Okay, kids, here we go. Next seminar up April 12th through the 14th, then June 7th through the 9th, and then August 9th through the 11th. Self-sufficient lifter camp March 16th in Wichita Falls, and then May 18th in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. These cover the squat press, deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to correct your own technique. Lift Shoot Fight is back on the menu May 18th and 19th. This is a two-day camp in Wichita Falls covering all five lifts, some basic pistol work, and some combatives. There is no prerequisite in terms of experience to join. So even if you've had no experience with the lifts, touching a barbell, no experience with firearms, no experience with combatives, you're welcome to join. It's great for beginners and it's also great for people that just want to learn something new. So check out the link for more details. Squat camp going on May 4th in Queens. Then press and bench press camp July 20th in Indianapolis at Starting Strength Indianapolis. Deadlift and power clean camp going back to Queens for that on April 6th. And then the following camps are all squat and deadlift camps, our most popular camp. Indianapolis at Starting Strength Indianapolis on April 6th, Phoenix at Weights and Plates on April 6th, Orlando at Starting Strength Orlando on April 6th, Boise at Starting Strength Boise on April 6th, Orange County, California at The Strength Co. on April 13th, and then Baltimore at 5x3 on April 28th, and finally back to Indianapolis on November the 2nd. Speaking of starting strength gyms, we've got more gyms rolling on. Next one up is Miami. Miami finally found a spot, and they are taking pre-sales right now as they complete their build-out. So check out the link for details at startingstrengthgyms.com. Go down to locations and find the Miami location. And if you're interested, take advantage of that pre-sale sale. You can also find out what other gyms are coming online. St. Louis is in the middle of their build-out, so they're probably coming online soon. But in that locations tab, you can see all of the cities that either have starting strength gyms or will have starting strength gyms. And the best thing to do if you don't live in one of those cities or near a starting strength gym is to pick up and move. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio, your headquarters on the internet for an absolutely bullshit-free hour and a half worth of terribly valuable information you can't absorb from any other source. Okay? And, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, what... You guys got anything to add to that? It's pretty About thorough, how pretty cool complete. We are? Yeah, it's a pretty complete uh, description of what we do. Here. Yeah, <laughs> what we do. What here. we do here is what nobody else does. Is we tell you the fucking truth, and we live up to the standard every day. Of we the, live up to the, the standard. The most you the truth important or, podcast on the internet. The most important podcast on the internet, as the intro card says. Most important podcast on the internet. Everybody else's podcast is bullshit. 100%. Okay? That Rogan guy, bullshit. Liar. What other podcasts liar. are important? Lex Friedman? Who? Lex Friedman? Crap. Lex Friedman? He's an autist. Crap. It's the worst podcast on earth. No valuable information. <laughs> yeah, none. On Lex Friedman's I podcast. never learn anything whenever I watch it or I, listen to I, it. I don't enjoy watching him talk. <laughs> You know, you wonder what you wonder with him is, are we boring licks? I think we are. We have to be boring licks. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, isn't he like a computer programmer by he's day? He's a computer science guy. Yeah. yeah. Robots he, and shit like that. Because he is a robot. <laughs> he is a wet robot. All right. Guess it means I'll never be on his show. Wet right. robot. That sounds sexy. I wasn't going to be on his show anyway, though. Let's be realistic, boys and girls. Rogan's not going to have me on. How many times a week do we have some idiot ride in or tell us, man, you ought to go on Joe Rogan? 
like you just just go wait in line. Go go on, Joe Rogan. <laughs> like we can cut this out. Yeah, but like you're like, going to like the bathroom. Going to the, no, like you're going to the Prices Right. You just right. wait in line and right. hopefully get picked. Hey, we, we can <laughs> or go to the cafeteria and finally you're, you know. <laughs> we can cut this out, but didn't you like have something with on it where you pissed a bunch of those guys off? I don't see any reason to cut that out. Okay. Yeah. Did that happen though? I don't think that anybody was pissed. It was just. You, Didn't they, you go they, over there and tell them everything they were doing was wrong? <laughs> no, I don't remember doing that. Yeah, you went on their podcast, but it wasn't. I went on their podcast, and uh, you know, at some point uh, on that podcast, they implied that if I would come do their podcast, that, mm-hmm. that was the gateway to Joe Rogan. Oh, really? <laughs> they wanted me to drive down to Austin and do their podcast. And I, you know, I did it anyway. I, it's, I mean, I understand broadcasting. You know, you don't just decide where you want to go and show up. Yeah. You know, I think I'll be on the NBC Nightly News tonight. <laughs> you know, I think I, I ought to go on the NBC Nightly News. I think that's what I'll do. I'll do that. Uh, let me see. When am I available? Oh, I, I can do it next Wednesday. I'll just go up there and do it next Wednesday. But, uh, I mean, we hear this all the time. It's just funnier than hell to me. So, anyway, today, what are we going to do today? What did I say? We're going to talk about... uh, Well, hey, real real quick, even funnier, uh, I just thought even funnier are the people that think Joe Rogan actually calls and you tell him no. (laughs) That's fucking. Like yeah. people actually think that. that he's the one that yeah. organizes who's on his podcast. Yeah, like Joe, <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe Rogan is picking up the phone, calling people, yeah. and he's calling. I'm sure he's doing that whenever <laughs> it's like Matthew me. McConaughey. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> come on, bro. Please come on, come on the show. <laughs> come down here. We'll you know be on the podcast. We'll smoke some dope. <laughs> you know we'll we'll talk about everything that you want to talk about. <laughs> You know, because I'd be honored to have you on the show and shit. And yeah, just come on down. Look, it's just a five-hour drive. I have fifty more calls to make after this one. Right. <laughs> but you were the top of my list. <laughs> you were really, there. You were, you were the first one I made this hour. <clears throat> and uh, oh god, oh my. Yeah, I've had people in all seriousness ask me, "Is like, does 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 why won't he go on Joe Rogan? Why won't he go yeah. on Joe?" Rogan? <laughs> I mean, truth be told, it would be fun. That would be great. It would be fun. It would be great, but it's, you know. <laughs> but it's, but it's, a, it's an absurd question. Uh, you, you can't make it less absurd. You know. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to talk about today? Oh, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Let's just do this first. And what by this I mean is... Comments, comments from, from the haters. All right, this is a salty batch of <laughs> hater comments. Somebody named Dogly One says, Rip could make a whole video explaining how we've been using toilet paper incorrectly our entire lives. <clears throat> Funny thing is, we have that video. I <laughs> we already, I we already have that video. <laughs> yeah, we did shoot that. A while yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> All right. So here's some other. Was that one of the COVID videos? Uh, it was. Yeah. 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 Mark at four or six. Mark tells him to gain sixty pounds in four to six months, and says that his waist will increase by two inches. <laughs> what? <laughs> What is this old guy thinking? (laughs) Now, that was the guy that was 6'7", right? I believe so, yeah. Is the video, you should be 300 pounds? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was 6'5", 6'7", or something. 6'7", yeah. He was up toward 7 feet tall. And I told him he should gain 60 pounds in 4 to 6 months, and everybody's incredulous yeah what does i think well he was he was like 220 or some shit right yeah <clears throat> big tall yeah. skinny dude. skinny guy yeah, he's a tall skinny dude yeah 
you know, I, and I didn't mean for him to just gain 40 pounds or 60 pounds in the next 46 months and stop gaining weight. <laughs> you know, I'd want to see somebody like that at 325. Man. You know. Just a fat ass. Big larded out. <laughs> Lard ass. You know, because that's what happens when you don't lift weight. 135 bench. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> when you, when you yeah, lift weights and gain weight, it's all just blubber. It goes right to your belly. Yeah. You know, but to these individuals here, the bottom three percent—that's it's guaranteed. That's all they know. Yep. The poor things. Well, their favorite TikTok influencer—he doesn't know. weigh three hundred pounds. He weighs no. one sixty-five, but he's shredded. So here's another example of this same uh, confident <laughs> stupidity. Her butt's too high. This is learning to deadlift, strength strength method. Who was that with? Bree was the example. Was that? Yeah. Her butt's too high. She's using her lower back way more than her glutes. Hmm. What? <laughs> and will have lower back problems. Yeah, this is standard. That's great. You know, muscle magazine level thinking, you know. Uh, all right, let's see. Trap bar deadlift continues to pay dividends. The gift. The gift that keeps on giving. The gift of the trap bar deadlift video. <clears throat> the sagittal sway you are so cautious of only becomes evident when another person starts tugging on the bar after you've lifted it. That's a question. Why would that be a question? Did we say that the sagittal sway that we're so cautious of only becomes evident when another person starts tugging on the bar? I don't remember. Maybe you touched the bar or something. <clears throat> I don't. I don't remember. I don't really remember that. All right. So that was the uh, trap bar deadlifts completely useless video. All right. Now this is good here. I, 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 and I appreciate this one. This is not really a comment from the haters. It says, Brendan Corpeal, who, how do we know that name? He's been to the seminar. Hasn't he? I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar. Rip looks like he got a facelift. <laughs> what in the hell is he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> what video is this on? This is on... Uh, Starting strength model and exercise science part one. Oh, this is your talk with the college kids. Oh, I bet Might it's be. I, I bet it's because the the Zoom call made you look all mm -hmm. smooth, mm -hmm. smooth faced. All zoomed. Mm -hmm. Have y'all noticed all right. Uh, right now it's uh it's trendy for women to get so much plastic surgery they look like trannies. Oh yeah, it's weird. Oh yeah, because men men aren't putting this pressure well, on. Well, it's women. not even surgery. It's just the it's like the injections. Well, they're getting injections. They look they're like getting they're mannequins. getting they're getting oh. uh, cheek fillers. They're go, getting um, jaw fillers. They're getting uh, Botox. Well, and they have to know that it looks like shit. I, I don't think they do. But what they think is that it's fashionable to look like shit. Man, I don't think they do. I think I, it's just, I, it just happens so gradually and they just... Uh, well, there's that well, one I, There's know. that one actress that was on My The Boys. God. She was gorgeous and All then right. she got her whole face done and she yeah. looks like a transsexual. Like yeah. Meg Ryan or somebody. It's, it's fucking weird. I don't know. I, 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 I just... Oh, shit. I just hate just, the Botox look. It's fucking weird. Oh, it's awful. It's weird. It's so fucking Yeah, horrible. nothing moves. It's, uh, yeah. you know. But they always look surprised. Just look, plastic surgeons got to eat, too. <laughs> Keep hiring them. Keep hiring them. Yeah, the thing to understand is, like, you're not <clears throat> fool, you're not fooling anyone. Like, everybody yeah. knows what you're doing. You know, and you know what all good. those girls have done, too? They get their pussy lips cut off. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of the vaginal rejuvenation. Oh, it's, it's a labioplasty. Yeah. What's the or problem with having... or whatever they want to call it. And because they think that that's gross. Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> don't do that. That's serious don't goddamn, do that. Serious miscalculation. No, 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 no. That's the wrong idea. Oh, my idea. God. But that's, the, but, that's beautiful but stuff the crazy there. And you guys are throwing it in the biohazard <laughs> container. It's like if we just took our biceps and cut them off. Like, yeah. Fuck that. It's getting too big. <laughs> 
I don't understand. It. <laughs> I don't understand. Modern female shit is just so uh, so well, the, cryptic. The, the I, thing I, is, the thing is, is other women are are getting other women to do that. It's not men. I don't know no, any it's men. Definitely not fucking I men. I know. I don't know we're, any men that love that. We're good with it. Whatever's yeah, going on, we like we're good. all of that. <laughs> the crazier looking, the better. You know. That's that's God's honest truth, girl. God's crazier honest truth is the crazier the looking, the better. It's like the all right. It's like the but, starting strength power rag. You should just age but, with you. But you're, it's fine. Fucking sister, your cousin, or your, you need a nice you know, patina on you. The girl you go to the beauty shop with or whatever has convinced you that you should have all that shit trimmed off, and, and it's just you know. You know it's gonna hurt. God damn! Did you think about that? It's gonna hurt. (laughs) All right. So anyway, that's a great conversation. Uh, I'm gonna hear that anywhere. I'm gonna make a clip of that. You won't hear that anywhere else. Only on the most important podcast. Right. All right. Now here's a here's a fabulous. I got two. I got two things here that are just fabulous. Show me one top level lifter at Sheffield that looks down on coming up in the squat. All right. First off, we had to look up what Sheffield was. And apparently it's a meet in the UK. Sounds like it, yeah. Is that meet in the UK? I guess that's where all the top power lifters go. Hey, top we ha- power lifters are all in, in the UK. Yeah. Right? We had a war to determine that we don't care about what happens in the UK. No, we- <laughs> <laughs> all right, but but look, do you can you people not? I'm going to use a big word here. Disabuse yourselves of the notion that starting strength is not about contest powerlifting. We don't give a shit about contest powerlifting. Don't give a shit about it. And let's not let's not sit here and pretend that the top level lifters at Sheffield. <coughs> mean a goddamn thing as far as strength training is concerned that we it you don't understand a whole bunch of things about what top level power lifters do and why the their eye gaze direction is the least of their concerns would they be better looking down yes do i give a fuck that they look up no leave them alone tell them i said hi <laughs> but i don't care where the top level lifters at sheffield whatever that is do i don't care we're not here for top level lifters and we're going to talk more about that later all right now here's another one uh this is in a similar vein Tom Little Legs Platts says that it's not the heavy weights that count, it's the reps. High reps. He was known to do anything from 15 to 100 rep sets and only trained legs every t- two weeks, <clears throat> twice a month. If this guy is saying high reps cannot build some serious muscle mass, Tom Platts has legs that say otherwise. All right. The fact that Tom Platts has big legs is an historical observation. All right. Now, the reason Tom Platts has big legs could be that Tom Platts was born with big legs, that Tom Platts took a whole bunch of steroids to get his big legs, that Tom Platts was going to have big legs whether he did sets of 15 or sets of five, that Tom Platts already had big legs when he was doing sets of five. and Or that he spent four hours a day every day trying to get that way. Yeah. That's valid. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this is all that could, you know, there's, there's so many logical fallacies here, and, and this is, you know, we'll touch on this later on, but this is... Uh, uh, it is absolutely amazing that the general public 
can look at one guy who is one way and say that if you do the things that that guy did, then you will be that way too. It's that easy. It's it's just that simple. You want to look like Tom Platts? Do what Tom Platts does, and you'll look like Tom Platts. Do you many hundreds of thousands of guys know better than that? Well, you know, every time someone does 100 air squats, their legs get fucking huge. Oh, yeah, they just explode with size. Yep. Just explode. Every time. 100 air squats, man. Because reps are what makes you big. So uh, I just – these particular types of haters' comments are instructive because they point out – that most people are not capable of logical analysis. You know. At any rate, that concludes this week's installment of Comments from from the Heaters. Okay, now, let me get the little hairs and dandruff off the table here. Got to have a clean table to work from, right? Now, what makes our method different than everybody else's method? You guys ever think about that? We don't do things same way everybody else does we do things different than lots and lots of people do them and that's not to say that all the good lifters in the world do something completely different than what we do because that's certainly not the case in fact one of the ways that we have uh gone back and uh, built improvements into our system is that uh we have carefully observed the way people move heavy weights and we have recognized the patterns that can be identified as common among all the people that move heavy weights and there are common patterns now why are there common patterns so here we get into first principles We get into the concept of first principles. Part of the reasons why there are common patterns is because all people that lift heavy weights are operating against gravity. And gravity operates in one direction. Straight, vertically, down. And if you are going to operate against gravity, the force you must apply is straight, vertically upward and to the extent that you are moving the barbell for example in a direction other than straight vertically upward you are not operating against gravity you're operating against gravity and something else and that's not efficient so when we when we talk about first principles, we're talking about uh, we're talking about gravity first off, right? And then we're talking about the things that all human beings have in common with respect to musculoskeletal anatomy, because that is what you use to generate force against the external resistance provided by the barbell. So, uh, I think you 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 have to you have to understand that we all have we all have spines, we all have arms and shoulders, and we all have hips and knees and feet, and we all interact between the floor and the bar when we lift things. Okay, 
And as a result, there's going to be some commonality. And it is incumbent upon us as coaches to find that commonality and to exploit it, to use it in the most effective way possible. Okay, you guys feel free to chime in here because this is going to be boring if I'm the only one that talks about it. You're doing a great job so far. Well, good. Well, good. So, uh, for example, uh, lots and lots of other systems of of training people uh, proceed from the way the coach has always done it. Coach has always done it this way. Okay. And, you know, it's all, hey, it's always worked for me. I was told that by a pretty good coach one time, good Olympic lifting coach. It's always worked for me. And, you know, and I like this guy real well, but saying something like that is the same thing as saying, I don't care to think about it any further. I don't care to do any more complicated, detailed analysis than that. And that's unfortunate because if you know why what you do works, then you're a much more powerful, you're in a much more powerful position to teach that thing than you are if all you can do is just copy what you've previously done. All right. That's a really common uh, fallacy and a way of approaching things for everybody. Everybody does that, right? Yeah. The way, the way things have always been done, uh, which is which is fine in a everyday situation. But when your when your responsibility is to take money and teach people something. Uh, you you should hold yourself to a higher standard. So it's not enough to just say this is what works, uh, this is the way it's always been done. If you don't ask the question why, then you are doing your clients and your people a disservice. Yeah, you really <coughs> honestly are, aren't you? Uh, I mean, let's take the deadlift for example. When you teach somebody how to deadlift, it is not enough to just tell them to go up, just pick it up off the floor. Let's pick it up off the floor. That's the way a deadlifter, a powerlifter would say it. They all try to sound like Macho Man Randy Savage. Just pick it up off the floor. No, you no, it's just just picking it up off the floor is not right. That's not the way to pick it up. Just pick it up off the floor because that implies that it doesn't matter where the bar is in relation to your feet doesn't matter where your ass is in relation to your head or your knees are in relation to your shoulders all that stuff is uh is very important in order to perform the most efficient pull that you can perform now the way you determine what the most efficient way to do this is uh, involves looking at a whole bunch of deadlifts and looking for common patterns in people pulling heavy weights off the floor. It very well may be that the strongest men in the world do it a little different than what we're describing. And we're not saying that they're doing it perfectly. We're just saying they're doing it the way it works for them. But what we are saying in addition to that is that it would work better if they did it our way. It would work better because we have looked at this for a very, very long time, and we have learned that the optimum way to pull a barbell off the floor is very predictable. And as a result of that, it is teachable. It is teachable. We can teach you how 
to perform the most efficient deadlift possible in a very short period of time. And if you do it different than that, you can probably get it up off the floor since it's light. Or especially if you're real strong, you can get it up off the floor, but it's not at its maximum efficiency. And if it were, you could do a heavier weight. So when you look at at people pulling very, very heavy deadlifts off the floor or squatting very, very heavy weights out of the rack or benching or pressing very, very heavy weights, there are some things that happen in common. And back to the deadlift, for example, if you look at enough deadlifts, you will see something very, very profound. You'll see that the bar leaves the ground when it is directly over the middle of the foot. And you will see that the shoulders are slightly in front of the bar. And you'll also notice if you look at enough of these big, heavy pulls, there are no exceptions to that rule. For example, if the lifter starts with the bar too far forward of the middle of the foot, it's out over the toes, and he starts to pull on it, the bar is going to roll back to the middle of the foot before it leaves the floor. If it's heavy enough, that's exactly what it'll do every time. Now, there's a reason for that. There's got to be a reason for it since it happens every single time. All right? What you'll see also is that if the bar is too far forward, the hips are too low. And by too low, I mean when you start pulling on the bar, they will raise up into a position that places the shins in a position where the bar in contact with the shins where the bar in contact with the shins is directly over the middle of the foot. None of this is accidental. This is happens every single time. And we discuss this at length in the blue book. And the bar on the way up stays in a straight line, pretty much straight line, all the way up till it locks out at the middle of the thigh comes in a straight line that is opposite of the the vector of gravity which is pulling it down now what would happen if the bar went forward well you would be forward of the midfoot and if you're forward of the midfoot you're off balance onto your toes and you cannot exert a maximum pulling force if you're off balance because the maximum pulling force would pull you forward with the bar. And you can't continue to exert a maximum pulling force if you are forward of your balance. And what happens then is you miss the attempt. Okay, now, this is... You know, I'm I'm sorry to be pedantic about this, but this is just the way, this is the way shit is. And you can do it any, you can try to do it any other way if you want to. But what you'll what you'll see is if you uh, videotape yourself doing a big heavy deadlift, your PR, you that you will end up having pulled it the way we're talking about. Ass comes up bar comes over to the middle of the foot and at that point the bar leaves the ground comes up in a straight line and you lock it out against your thighs by leaning back at the top counterbalancing the fact that the bar is forward of your thigh okay <clears throat> so uh, this is the same procedure that we have applied to all of the lifts now what are those lifts and this is critical too why do we not use leg extensions on a nautilus machine 
in our program because we are not doing nautilus machine exercise we are doing strength training and strength training is the strengthening of normal human movement patterns so what are the normal human movement patterns that can be strengthened in the most optimum way those are the movement patterns that are that are that display bilateral symmetry you're on both feet you're using both halves both sides of your body at the same time in a balanced way half the weights in one hand the other half the weights in the other hand and that's the way you can apply maximum force between the ground and the barbell being moved Rip, an important thing that you haven't covered yet that is a, a valid argument or critique up to this point is that uh, is the efficiency because you said efficiency, but that hasn't really uh, been explained yet. So um, somebody could somebody could easily say to your point about the pull coming off the floor, the way that we describe it. If it's heavy enough, then then why does it matter? If you squat and you're going to hip drive, no matter what kind of squat you do, then why do you have to do it this way? Why do we have to coach it? That's a that's a valid question. It is a valid question, um, and what, and it's not just about just because it's being right is not enough. There has to be there has to be more to it than just doing it the quote unquote right way. Well, and that's that that piece is that's, efficiency. That's a that's an excellent that's an excellent point. Why would we want to teach a novice lifter how to do the deadlift the way we say that he's eventually going to do the deadlift when he gets up to 500 pounds if that's going to happen anyway? Well, the reason is we want him to get to 500 pounds faster than he would by figuring out how to do it by himself accidentally. Because that's what I did. Nobody ever told me how or why to pull the deadlift off the floor the way we pull it now. I had to figure that out the hard way because it wasn't coached at the time, back in the 70s and 80s. No one coached this technique. As far as I know, we're the first one to quantify it. So... In other words, in terms of efficiency, you can put more weight on the bar today. No shit. Right. You're going to put more weight on the bar today. And that matters because people who come to this are typically not self-selected lifters who are going to be gravitating towards high levels of force production right away. Like, it matters. 10 pounds on the bar matters. Yes. 20 pounds on the bar matters. Yes. And you have to – you can't let that slide if your stated goal is to get stronger and to, and to build muscle. Right. <clears throat> every you're, pound on the bar matters. You're, every pound on the bar matters today. Right. It, it doesn't matter that you'll eventually add that weight, you know, do it in, incrementally increasing – the, for, the weight on the bar doing it wrong is not as efficient as incrementally increasing the weight on the bar doing it correctly, doing it efficiently. Yeah, and furthermore, if, uh, if you learn something just by accident, which is the typical way you do it, right? It's like go squat, squat down, stand back up, squat the bar off the floor. Whatever, whatever thing the, the coach or you are doing, um, even aside from the load situation, there's going to come a point where the where the way you move the bar matters, um, and that's going to be some point down the line. Let's say it's six, seven months, maybe even maybe not even that sh- soon. Maybe it's a year down the line. But <clears throat> how much practice have you accumulated just doing something the way you just however, and then all of a sudden, six months later, you have to have mechanical efficiency in order to lift this new PR. Right, because it's now, heavy enough, <clears throat> finally. And you've got six months of experience under your belt doing something wrong, essentially, right? right? Um, or just doing it arbitrary, however. So you don't have the tools to be able to lift, to, to accurately tell yourself that this is the amount of weight that I can lift today because you don't actually know how to lift the weight. And if you've got a, no. if you've got an inefficiency, if you've got a technique problem, you have to unlearn that before you can break through that PR. And that happens all the or time. How would you even know you had a technique problem? If somebody, somebody doesn't point it out. Well, someone points it out to you is what I'm somebody saying. Somebody points it out to you. Now you've got to undo Now that you've got to undo learning, an embedded pattern. motor pathway that is incorrect. And you can't, that's, that's not easy to do. 
Right. Right. In other words, do you want to pull 405 off the floor inefficiently for a single, or do you want to pull 405 off the floor efficiently for a set of five? On top of that, the uh, mental game of that of, well, I've always done it this way. So now are you. And I'm pulling it, so it works. Yeah, so now are you even open? to the idea of changing your technique to add that extra 10 pounds? Are you just going to say, well, I've been doing it the same way for six months. I'm just going to keep doing it that way. Keep doing it that way. It's worked so far. And then you're beating yourself up. It's worked so far. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes difficult to hear that, look guys, it would work better if you would do it our way, because our way makes sense in terms of the physics and in terms of the musculoskeletal anatomy that has to operate those physics okay because we thought about it from that standpoint first we first considered the physics and the musculoskeletal anatomy we didn't just wander into the ymca and pick the damn thing up off of the floor all right now a lot of people have wandered into the ymca and picked it up off the floor and gotten strong doing that and we're not we're not saying you can't get strong doing it wrong what we're saying is you get strong faster and more efficiently doing it right. More importantly, if you know how to do it right and you know why doing it that way is right, then it's easier for you to teach someone else how to do it correctly because you know what correctly is and you know why that is. And that makes you a better coach. Yeah, not only that, if you're if you are uh, if you're just doing things, however, because you're going to get strong anyway, you're essentially allowing technique to be a training variable because technique's going to change as the weight gets heavier. Let's not Absolutely. make let's not make technique a training variable. Make it fixed as fixed as possible, so you can focus on moving the weight on the bar in the way that you already know you're supposed to move the weight on the bar. You ought to be able <clears> to move one thirty-five off the floor in a deadlift. The same way you pull your work set of five. Yep. And if you don't know what you're doing with the bar, pulling it off the floor at your work set of five, then you'll just come up to 135 and just, you know, slop it off the floor because you can because it's light. The lighter the weight on the bar, the less critical technique is okay now this is this terribly important to understand what i'm saying here the light weight light weights are easy to lift wrong okay light weights are very very easy to lift incorrectly and here's the thing that olympic weightlifting coaches don't like to hear what is a maximum pull off the floor well that's a one rm deadlift a one rep max deadlift is a maximum pull off the floor what is a maximum clean it's not a maximum pull it's a light weight relative to a one rm deadlift so yeah you can pull dead uh, cleans off the floor incorrectly and still lock them out at the top of the shoulders you can still rack them on the shoulders snatches are even more insane you'd pull because the snatch is a little bit more than half your deadlift. Yeah, you could pull it off the floor wrong. You can pull a 1RM snatch off the floor any way you want to pull it off the floor and still probably rack it after two or three attempts or seven or eight attempts or whatever it takes you to get it done. But it's easier to pull it off the floor correctly because correctly means more efficiently. And correctly and more efficiently means that there are fewer vectors other than the one operating against gravity that are acting on the bar. Now, that makes the bar path more predictable and more reproducible. If every time you pull the bar off the floor, it comes off the floor from exactly the same place, and travels up in the air exactly the same way, a nice straight vertical line. 
than all of the other action-reaction physics that happens at the top of both a clean and a snatch happen starting at the same position every rep. The whole process becomes more uniform and more predictable. And what that means is fewer attempts at PR weights because they're all starting from the same place. Every snatch should not be a brand new experience for you. Every clean should not be an experiment. And, well, how am I going to pull on the bar this time? You pull on the bar the way that generates a vertical bar path off the floor. Because that's physics. That's first principles. Okay. <clears throat> There's one more piece on the efficiency thing, and I think it's the weakest argument, but um, e- efficiency also means movement patterns, and it means efficient movement patterns. And if you're moving efficiently and you're loading yourself through efficient movement, then all of the relevant musculature and structures involved in that lift are being loaded to exactly the degree that they should be loaded. In other words, if you just learn how to squat however you want, um, your knees are going to be going all over the place. They're going to be in a different spot at 95 versus 145 versus 315 versus 405. What does that do to a 35, 40, 50-year-old knee that's being loaded just variably all the time with five more pounds every time you train? Um, So, again... In terms of just predictability and how much force the the different joints in your body are seeing, try to keep let's try to keep that as fixed as possible, so that when problems do arise, they're easier to diagnose and they're easier to fix, mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out why the fuck your knee and your hip and your low back hurts because your your technique is just all over the place. You don't you don't really have a technique. It's just lift the weight, however, right? Right. So it's easy to blame the lift and not what you're doing in the exactly lift. right. Yep. Right. This is probably a good time to point out the fact that a deadlift and a squat are fundamentally different. They're fundamentally different for a couple of reasons. The the first and most important reason that a deadlift and a squat are different is that you can do a squat damn near any way you want to in terms of where your knees and your hips are. All right. Now, there are certain things that's common with all squats when they get heavy enough. All squats come up out of the bottom from below parallel with hip drive. All squats initiate an upward movement with the hips. And by that, I mean low bar back squats, high bar squats, and front squats. All of them start up out of the hole with hip drive. But all three of those types of squats will show the knees in completely different places relative to the bar all right whereas a deadlift when it's heavy a deadlift keeps the knees behind the bar keeps the shins behind the bar the knees in a certain place because the bar can only come up in a straight line when it's heavy enough bar only comes up in a straight line and that means that the knee position is constrained by the position of the bar in front of the body so there's less variation in a deadlift there is huge variation in a squat and this is what makes the squat so damned difficult to coach and to learn all right we could teach you how to do a correct deadlift in about five minutes it's very simple to show you how to do a correct deadlift because there are fewer variables involved. But in order for us to show you how to do a squat with optimum efficiency, we, you've got to pay very close attention to what you do on the way down. Deadlift starts on the way up. By the time you're on the way back down, it doesn't matter what you're already through with the deadlift. Squat, on the other hand, the squat, on the other hand, is a different creature entirely because if you do the descent and the squat inefficiently, 
the rest of the movement is going to be inefficient as well. And you can do the descent and the squat damn near any way you want to. So you have to decide to do it correctly. You have to, in other words, you have to learn how to descend in the squat optimally, whereas the deadlift selects that for you. All right. So they're, they're two fundamentally different lifts. And the squat is the hardest thing on earth to coach. Squat's harder to coach than the clean. You know, you say that to Olympic weightlifting coaches, and they just, they're aghast that you would say something like that. They just vomit. Because, because, because the way Olympic weightlifting coaches do it's the secret squat knowledge. is that, say that squat rack over there? Yeah. Just, I want you to go over there and put a bar on that rack, put some weight on it, and do some squats. These assholes really think, it up. These assholes yeah. really think that the snatch and the clean and jerk are the most complicated moves yeah. a human being can do. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard him say that a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You know. And they carry themselves in that in that manner. As if yeah, they're, they they're haughty, full of themselves assholes. If I can teach you a seven year old to do a perfect clean and jerk, it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated. God damn it. If, if it takes you nine months to get your lifter to a 95% perfect clean, you don't know how to coach the clean. That's just all there is to We're it. We're all you laughing, but that happens. Yeah. yeah. I've, oh, I've watched Olympic lifters Absolutely. struggle to teach somebody how to do a power clean all for time. weeks. Yeah. I could have walked over and taught her in 10 minutes. Do you, do you yep. know why? Because they don't know how to coach the deadlift. That's 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 what it is. They don't know how to they don't know what deadlift. the pull off the floor should look like. Yeah. So the first part of the clean is is, is uninformed. Their hips are low. No, knees that's are a, forward. that's absolutely true. And uh, it's it's interesting to me that an Olympic weightlifting coach would say that the snatch is the most complicated movement in the whole repertoire <laughs> of human movement. <laughs> Having apparently never watched <laughs> downhill skiing. <laughs> or like r- literally a fucking any other sport. <laughs> or any other the, any other sport. Curling is more complicated. Do you know where they fucking yeah. take the brooms and mm-hmm. shit? Oh, I know. Come on, man. More variables. Yeah. <laughs> Happens over a longer time frame. Right. <laughs> yeah. Going down an ice-covered <laughs> mountain at 95 miles an hour. And not murdering yourself is somehow <laughs> easier easier than a snatch that takes about a second. Than something like my 10-year-olds do in the gym <laughs> right. three times a week. <laughs> exactly They're right. so yeah. precious. They're so cute. I, you fucking know, we weightlifting we have a bone to pick with Olympic weightlifting coaches because we both use barbells. But uh, I'm going to make a clip of this. You know, there's <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, probably. But... Uh, <laughs> It's just, it's just amazing. You know, you brought up something. To get back on track. That you brought right, up something yeah. earlier. Um, the whole, well, we've always done it this way. Yes. Okay. That whole argument. It's always worked for me. It's always worked for me. We've always done it this way. My coach has always done it this way. His coach has always done it. Name one instance in any industry, in any anything at all, where that was efficient and good for that thing. Right. It hasn't yes. been. It's never been. No, no. I mean, if you can't make progress in industry, in manufacturing processes, in chemistry, in any of the other things that are actually no shit complicated that benefit mankind, that generate a product that everybody wants to buy, if you can't make progress in that and excuse that lack of progress by saying, well, it's always worked for us before. Well, I think that's we can't use you. Well, there, there's that's we, how the you're world. not of any use to us in the long term, you know, because we already know how we've done it too. But what we want you to do is figure something out that's better. Well, the the level of hubris that involves, well, I figured this out and it can never be improved upon, right, is interesting to me. I mean, even even you. You've changed things in the books when you've looked oh, at yes. it and analyzed it, and you said, oh, yeah. "I'm wrong here." No, I, you know, I've I've got this ten percent wrong. Let's fix it. Yeah, you know, and I learned <laughs> from you guys. I learned from from Nick, one of the best cues for pulling the barbell off the floor with a flat back. I learned from Nick. You know, 
I don't have all the answers, but the difference between me and a whole bunch of other people is, is I'm comfortable with saying, yeah, let's make this better. You know, it wasn't already better. Now it can be made better, so let's do it that way. Yeah, I disagree that barbell training is somehow different. This is the way the whole world operates all the time. There's right. only a handful of people who are thinking about what they're doing and um, and being critical and actually changing <laughs> and actually changing shit. So, uh, and those are the people whose names you know, right? They uh, come up with a better way to do things. Um, but this is the standard deal: is just whatever's whatever's worked before. Why change it? Don't don't right. you know? Don't why make more work for yourself? Exactly. Right. Why why have to go through? <clears throat> the the effort of rethinking an established position that seems to be working in order to get a 10 percent improvement in performance right. after all what's a 10 percent improvement i don't want to i don't want to get back on the old olympic lifting thing but how many olympic coaches olympic lifting coaches have ever said you know what let's try it with high hips and see what happens they, sh- they won't do they it. They won't do it because they've they always do done it. it the most perfect way, and it's been figured out, and we can't improve upon the way we are doing this. Right. No, I'm afraid you're right about that. They just are not interested in— And it's not just Olympic Olympic it, coaches. It's, it's, it's a what lot. What it is is Olympic weightlifting coaches have somehow arrived at the conclusion that they are superior to all other coaches. Well— And that's—I have noticed this for decades— going to olympic weightlifting meets and dealing with olympic weightlifting coaches and uh listening to them and their pseudoscientific bullshit explanations right. of all the things that they're doing it's the same thing you find it's, in anything that has a that has a high performer bias think about olympic weightlifting and who is going to be successful at a, even even someone who's shitty at it but can actually perform the lifts and can actually do them long term, and and make some appreciable gains in those in those lifts. That's not everybody. So your Olympic lifting coach is already dealing with a self-selected population who is right. willing to do that shit. And number two is is uh, is able to move that way and is relatively quick, right? Because anybody who sucks at Olympic weightlifting isn't going to be doing it very long. So that the coach is already no. dealing with a self. It's it's like the same thing you see in MMA and boxing and every other thing that has a high performer deal. If you if you all you work with is people who are just there's that that are just wanting to do that thing. There's no need to have any first principles thinking because everybody's already agreed that this is what we're going to do. So. <clears throat> Everybody's already on the same page, right? You don't. Oh, yeah. you, you you don't ever have anybody that doesn't have a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Nobody just walks that, in and accidentally starts doing Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, right. This is a this is a a bias that has over the past fifteen twenty years infected all of strength and conditioning. Absolutely well. right. Absolutely. This right. functional training bullshit that they've all come up with. Uh, it, it is as though all of them have agreed. That they're not going to get their athletes stronger by lifting heavier and heavier weights because they don't need to. Because they don't need yeah. to. Well, if, you know, if everybody's on the same team, mm-hmm. everybody's in the same club. None of my deadlift, none of my fucking front line is going to deadlift more than four hundred five. You know, and you know, you don't need to be doing four hundred five deadlifts anyway. It just slows them down, right? That kind of silly bullshit. Uh, that's that's been a problem in the in the strength and conditioning community for right oh 20 20 <clears throat> maybe 25 years now yeah the fact that starting strength you know. is is designed and, and been uh and been uh, adopted broadly by just the general population who really have no interest uh in doing this stuff other than that they want to get strong uh, requires that you have a foolproof and well thought out method for how to do it because if somebody comes to you and they want to learn how to power clean and you don't actually know how to teach it because that's fundamentally the the deal with Olympic lifting mm-hmm. right. in general. Yep. They just don't know how to teach the shit. Like people just start doing it, and then uh, you know they're off to the races. But if you've got to take somebody from zero to uh, some level of proficiency, you better have your shit together, or you're gonna get just you're, you, it's gonna become very irrelevant. And we've seen that with like our friends who switch to online coaching. They're not you know if they're not just good coaches, the first thing that they drop is the clean. 
First thing. First thing that happens is the clean because they didn't ever want to do it anyway. Yeah, right. And it's too. It, it's it. It requires too much effort from the coach and from the lifter. Yes. To because it's it's the most unfamiliar movement. It's the most unfamiliar um, execution of anything. Um, so it's the first thing to go, and it just shows you, right? So it, it, you know, and that <laughs> always puzzles me. Squats are actually harder to coach than cleans, and. Uh, but well, people, nobody has any, you know. But people people view the clean as optional. Well, right. that's why the squat doesn't require the precision with timing. Timing, yeah, right. And the and the just little bit of athleticism. Right. That's the difference. That, that, the, it, the, it, the clean happens in a real fast one and a quarter seconds. Yeah. And the squat, you can take ten minutes on a squat if sure. you want to, but right. it, but uh, coaching the clean. Pretty much all takes place before the bar leaves the floor. Right. And if you can coach a clean, then you're very, very good at – at you you are good at, at planting an image in the lifter's mind about what the next 1.25 seconds is supposed to look like. Yeah, what I always tell people is that the reason it's so hard is because you have to teach your lifter to coach themselves, essentially, right. in, in real time. Because you, you, I've never thought of that way. Good way to say that. Because you can't do it. So Very good way to say that. Yeah, in between reps, you're essentially teaching your lifter how to coach themselves through the lift because you, you literally can't do it in real time, right? Right. <clears throat> so that's why it's so hard for people, and that's why for the coach <clears> – <throat> it makes you a better coach. It's not just because you're seeing a faster lift. It's because you're having to explain to somebody who isn't a coach how to coach. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And if you'd rather not do that, uh, because you've got to get to your next client after all you hear, we've been here 45 minutes on the phone. Uh, you got to get to your next client. That's why we leave out the clean. Uh, because it just it's too much work for us. And I, you know, I just have very little respect for that approach. Well, if you're going to be a barbell coach, you got to you, you got to know how to barbell coach, lifts, right? Power cleans, barbell lift. Now, if you decide you're just you need a, to know how to coach, you're it. just a wellness coach. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But if yeah. you're going to be a barbell, you're coach. just a wellness coach. Just run and do some sit-ups. <laughs> you know, man, that sounds easy. If you want to go beyond barbells, <laughs> you know, it sounds it sounds low stress until the guy's back starts hurting and yeah. you can't tell him why. Yeah, right. Man, shit would be so much easier if we just didn't coach. wellness coaching. If we didn't coach wellness coaching. Hey, let's let's pivot the uh, the brand. <laughs> pivot to wellness. <laughs> let's pivot the brand. Should, that's what we should do. <laughs> should pivot. That was corporate speak, guys. <laughs> yeah. I've been talking. You know to where Ray. I first heard the term pivot? Hmm. The pivot man and a circle jerk. <laughs> That's where I heard the what does the pivot, pivot man do? I don't want to know. No, I don't want to know. I never asked any further than that. That's the where the pivot term, man. The pivot man in a circle. Fuck. Think about that one. Yeah. So it's a anyway. circle. So how does it pivot? Well, he's so what we pivoting do to is, his friend. Is, what we do is a little different here. <laughs> <laughs> what we do is a little different in starting strength. We have proceeded from first principles. We define strengthening as the strengthening of movement patterns, not muscle mass. We don't care how big Tom Platz's legs are. So the furthest thing from our mind is how big Tom Platz's legs are. It's irrelevant to us making Tom Platz's mom stronger. Chances are Tom Platz's mom's fairly strong already because she shit Tom Platt's out, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. And there's some genetics that, that he's gotten from someplace. But uh, starting strength is a whole different situation. I can't, I can't stress enough the fact that there are things we just do not care about. We don't care about your abs. We don't care about definition. We care about strength, the, the ability to perform to apply to generate force against an external resistance is strength and that's all we care about here all right now if if you want to take a very very strong body developed with our methods and start dieting down and get visible abs and then go to a bodybuilding show go ahead you graduated 
you know, we're not dealing with you anymore because that's not what we deal with. We deal with strength. At any given time, 90% of the people we deal with are novices. Across the whole world, everybody that interacts with us, 90% of them are novices. Now, a lot of lot of them go on to intermediate and advanced lifting, but by the time they get, you know, two or three years worth of accumulated experience, they don't need our help much anymore. You know, we've helped them. We've got them started the right way. The people we deal with are people who are not strong right now but want to be strong. And we show them the way to get strong. And the way to get strong is to look at the normal human movement pattern load those incrementally strengthen them a little bit at a time five pounds of workout is the way that's done five pounds of workout keep doing five pounds of workout until that no longer works and then we'll get more complex and we know how to do that too and we can show you all of that all of that stuff is in the gray book practical programming for strength training third edition but up until that point, it, this is really, it's really not complicated. Gravity is the thing we're working against. Gravity works in a predictable way every single time. If you're operating against gravity, there's one way to do that, right? And then if you're operating against gravity in one of those fundamental movement patterns, picking stuff up off the floor, squatting down, standing back up, pushing something up over your head, pushing something away from you, pulling something toward you, throwing something. Those are the fundamental movement patterns, and gravity is the thing against which you operate in every one of those movement patterns. It is, it is discoverable. It is knowable. It is practicable. And it is improvable incrementally, and that's the basis of this whole thing. And we're the only ones that have started from those principles. And as a result, what we do works better than what they do. Now, is that is that presumptuous to say? No. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> maybe it is. I don't care, though. I don't care. It's right. It's correct. Okay? You guys got anything to add to that? No. No, it's good. Now, nah, I think we're done. I think we're done. We've blown our own horn here tooted our own what what's the toot your what's own the expression toot, toot your own tooted uh enough here for for the day to probably satisfy everyone so with that in mind we'll i'm see satisfied you guys next week starting strength radio